All right, boys, we are back for another episode of the Throne League podcast. We're on week nine. Uh, we had some uh, pretty uh, close matches. The gauntlet got real tight at the end of that Sunday into Monday night football. And, you know, uh, we're going to be bringing Aiden on later in the episode. But first of all, Johnny, how you doing? How does it feel to take an L to the number one team in the league right now? Well, Jacob, isn't that just a really excellent way to start off the episode? It was a close matchup. You know, we had Brian on here last week and we asked him what he thought. And he said it. He thought it was going to be a pretty good matchup, and the scoring wasn't necessarily there in a traditional sense of, like, a lot of good action, but it did end up being a, a closer matchup than I would have thought. I ended my, my 1 o'clock frame with only, like, 35 points, which was pretty disappointing to say the least. But, yeah, I mean, Jacob, you do have a good team. Of course, I told you, well, I don't know if I actually said it specifically, but it just feels like it always happens, where if a player is in dire need of a touchdown, which Justin Jefferson was, they'll find it against me, typically seems to be the way that goes, so <laughs> glad to see he was able to get off the snide. I mean, but really, you have no room to complain on Jefferson, because he's consistently produced as a top receiver. I mean, he's the number four receiver in all of fantasy, and hasn't had great touchdown production this year. Um, but yeah, that, that's the, beside the point, really. You, you got a good win. I go to four and five. It's you know, I'm certainly not out of it at this point, but I'm definitely going to have to try and... I've been basically winning one, losing one all year, and I need to try and break that streak and string a couple together if I'm going to make a, a serious playoff run. But how are you doing now that you're sitting up top of the board, 7-2? and two? Yeah, I'm sitting at the number one seed. I, I se- separated a game uh, in front of everybody, um, and, you know, I just got to win out, and I got that first one of those buys, and that, that feels really good. Um and, you know, it, we're, we're just kind of looking at the playoffs now at the, in this direction because, you know, I'm sitting at that 99% win uh, or playoff percentage. That, that feels good, that arbitrary stat that ESPN gives us. But, yeah, it felt good to get the win, you know. My team didn't perform how I liked it. You know, Aaron Jones got banged up a bit. Hopefully he can uh, continue to be a, a, a number one running back. But we'll see how it goes. Um, but, yeah, Jefferson got that touchdown. That was Felt it was a weight off my chest there, um, and Hawkinson looked pretty good in the Vikings uniform. You know, Kirk kind of like getting the ball to him. So um, some things looked good for my team, but definitely not super impressed with it. You know, I'm, I was a bottom six score this this week, but I was able to squeak out the dub. So that's all that really matters. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it was a good week, very very tight. Um, but do you want to go ahead and uh, break down these scores? Yeah, I do. I, but I need to bring up one point just because we did talk. Obviously, TJ Hawkinson was involved in a trade, which we cover as a part of our trade deadline special on last week's episode. And you you were almost ready to hop off the bus. You didn't you didn't like that Hawkinson got dealt from the Lions. You thought his production might go down and or he might take away some production possibly from Justin Jefferson. And I told you no. Kirk Cousins blows as a quarterback. He's going to love a tight end who can catch five-yard passes. He's got a big reach. I don't know how tall Hawkinson is, but he's probably 6'5 or whatever he is. And that's the perfect kind of quarterback because Kirk Cousins is the worst player in the league. If you want to talk about bullshit records, Jacob, I'll give you this. Your record is less bullshit than the Vikings record (laughs) uh, as we stand currently. So you do have that going for you. Um, But, yeah, I'm glad to see because we know Hawkinson's a good player. So it seems like that might – if you get nine catches in your first game – after a trade, seems like things are probably going to be pretty okay for you, if I had to guess. Um, but with that being said, I will go ahead and break down the matchups from Week 9. Uh, I'll start with our matchup, Jacob, at the top. 
you took this matchup 107.1 to 96.6. As mentioned, you were guided by Justin Jefferson. Jalen Hurts turned in a pretty decent performance on Thursday Night Football, and TJ Hawkinson looked sharp in his Vikings debut. Next up, we have Joe versus Jack. Joe took this matchup 117.4 to 112.9. Um, definitely a storyline here to talk about, but he was led um, by Josh Allen's 24.6 points and a surprising loss to the Jets. Um, it did seem as though Josh Allen did get banged up in that game, and his status might be up in the air uh, for this uh, week's game, which would deal a big dent to uh, Joe's 4-5 and five team. Uh, next up, Red Hot Scott keeps on rolling he takes down jake's team this week 153.2 to 134.7 um thanks to one of the single greatest performances in fantasy football history joe mixon grabbed five touchdowns in the blowout of the carolina panthers 55.1 fantasy points uh patrick mahomes threw the ball 64 times on sunday at football completed 43 of them got scott 33.9 points there pretty darn good week for scott once again the highest scorer this week uh, next up, Caden versus Bryce. Caden wins this one in a landslide, the largest uh, margin of victory on the week, 142.9 to 83.1. Justin Fields with a major day on the ground and through the air. He nabbed 42.6 points, and he also got some great production out of the defensive slot. The New England Patriots manhandled the Colts, got them to fire their head coach and hire a guy who has no coaching experience whatsoever. Probably talk about that a little bit later. Um, but Bill Belichick continues to roll against rookie quarterbacks. Next up, Brian, in a close game, beat Steno 103.9 to 96.7. Tyreek Hill helped out there, got 27 points, and also set a record, I believe, for the most receiving yards um, at, at this point in the season, however many games they played. I believe he did set that record. Jacob, you can stat check me if that's incorrect. And in our final matchup of the week, Aiden beat Nutter 130.5 to 107.6. A big runaway performance on Monday Night Football by Kenyon Drake. 25 points helped secure that one for Aiden. Um, and those were the matchups for week nine. Jacob, any any comments and or reactions to those matchups? A pretty close week across the board. A lot of the matchups were, were pretty tight. Yeah, they, they kind of came down to the wire on most of them, um, especially with the intertwined gauntlet thing, as I said earlier. That was really stressful for me going into that. Um, but, no, it was a fun week. It was a fun week. Uh, stinks for uh, Jake to take a tough loss this week um you know putting up one of the top three scores and just ran into this the, the pain train of uh uh Scott right now who's you know the the league's so polarizing you know one team's hot you know Jack starts off hot as team Stino takes that now now Scott's firmly uh riding his uh hot streak right now and he's he's primed himself into the second uh place spot so you know, we're kind of starting to flesh out the uh, standings table. We got, what, four four teams tied for sixth right now. Um, so that's going to be very exciting to see how that comes down the stretch. But, yeah, it was a fun week. Hopefully everybody was able to uh, be happy with their performances in some way, but we'll see how it goes moving forward. Um, yeah, but besides that, yeah. You know, there were some uh, breakout games this week. You know, I think we started off with the big one, Justin Fields. Uh, what impressed you from him, or do you think he could keep it up going forward? Um, just we will talk about Justin Fields certainly for quite a bit here because he's worth talking about. But just um, to add some more accuracy to the statement I made about Tyreek Hill, he has set the record for the most receiving yards through nine games, 1,104. Beats a 27-year-old record held by 
uh, Isaac Bruce. He set the record in 1995 with 1,073. That's really, really incredible when you think about a receiver who is as great as Hill has been, and this year he's better than he ever has been before. But yes, let's talk about Justin Fields because boy, oh boy, has it been an up-and-down year. He started off the season with not throwing the ball really at all, um, which is a peculiar strategy for a quarterback. Um, the Bears seemingly were, were struggling through the first few weeks to kind of figure out what their identity um, was, but they've begun to figure out what it is. Um, in the last four weeks, three times, Fields has rushed the ball 12 or more times, and his efficiency is ridiculous. 88 rushing yards, 82 rushing yards, 60 rushing yards, and then, oh, this past week, 178 rushing yards. Pair that with 123 yards through the air um, and three passing touchdowns. He also picked up a rushing touchdown. So clearly, we're seeing that Justin Fields can do it both. The passing hasn't been... Um, actually, I, I take it back. His passing has actually been, been quite efficient. He's turned over the ball a little bit this year. But this past week, he's shown that his speed is truly elite. Like, it puts him in a class. There's rushing quarterbacks, and then there's guys who can run like Fields. It's a similar thing to a Lamar Jackson, where their speed is just one notch above everybody else, especially at the position of quarterback, and he really flashed that this week. Um, is it sustainable going forward? I think I kind of answered the question by saying he's carried the ball 12 or more times in three of the last four games. That provides such an incredible floor to a quarterback, let alone a quarterback who's carrying the ball for about... Um, each of the last in the in the games where he's carried 12 more times he's rushing per carry about roughly eight and a half yards so yes i think justin fields can keep it up the question is now that offenses are getting a steady dose of fields are they going to be able to adapt i'm not sure they're going to try for certain um and he hasn't really been able to stretch the field through the air you know his passing numbers on the year um, aren't incredible. He's only thrown for over 200 yards one time on the year, but I think that's also something that can come, but he's truly a dual threat, which bodes well for his fantasy projection. What do you think about it, Jacob? Yeah, I think he touched on all the great points there. Um, you know, I, I like to kind of pump the brakes in the, uh, is this guy a stud in the league? But obviously he's having a great stretch of the season here, and I think he's going to keep it up. You know, he's got Detroit next week. Atlanta, New York Jets, Green Bay. So he's got a great four-game stretch right there going into the bye on week 14. But, yeah, you know, he's, his passing numbers are up. You know, past three games he's had over a 60% completion percentage, So, it, which is not great, but it's still uh, good that he's uh, able to complete some passes there. He got Chase Claypool, so maybe they'll boost up some of those stats once he gets in there another week in practice. But, yeah, you, you said it right with the rushing stats. That's so that's so incredible for a uh, quarterback to have that in fantasy football because it it just gives them that floor and they can just um, have these massive breakout games when they they rush for over 100 yards um, and get into the end zone. So yeah, a great pickup by Caden there, put him in there, uh, gave him a, a good jump. But yeah, I, I think Fields, you know, he could be a guy that could stick around and maybe be the uh, quarterback for the the Bears but we'll see how that goes down the down the line in these next couple of years because he's going to need some help get a better offensive line and all that stuff but yeah uh, Fields did it last week we'll see if he can continue it um, who else you want to look at obviously Mixon had the five touchdown game uh, 
incredible 55 points. Um, you got your boy Ken Walker, uh, who's been consistent for these past four or five weeks and put up a good stat line this week. And then Travis Etienne's been a monster for Jacksonville. Uh, and now over on Aiden's team, as we'll probably get into more of that later. But which one of those three guys do you see as like a, a big fantasy uh, competitor moving forward? Well, Jacob, it's definitely interesting because you mentioned those three guys. And now as I sit here and think about it, it's like, wow, because you always talk about that the top crop of running backs is pretty shallow and it gets um, pretty difficult after that. But I mean, so obviously Mixon was taken at the end of the first round, if my recollection serves me correctly. So certainly no one expects 55 points ever, but that's promising for a guy taken where he was. But then you talk Etienne and Walker weren't drafted um, near the first round. So seeing that production from running backs deemed to be in that dead zone um, is definitely encouraging, just I think for the overall fun of fantasy football. But I think we have to start with Mixon because if you score 55 fantasy points in a game, you score five touchdowns, that's just the type of stuff you got to talk about because that doesn't happen every year. That doesn't even happen every couple of years. Um, What stands out when I look at his stat page you know, we were talking a little bit beforehand. I, I like Mixon as a player. Um, I would be hard-pressed to think he would make a top eight running back for me, um, not necessarily just in fantasy, but just as a player on the field. I'd have to sit down and think who would be on there. I like Mixon, but I think he is just like a step outside of maybe the more elite group of running backs. But he does do a couple of things really well. And one of the things that he arguably does the best and is great for his fantasy value is he catches the football. He's active. In the passing game, he's caught at least three passes in every single game this year. Uh, he caught seven passes um, twice in a game. So you just talk. I mean, that's incredible. You you're lucky to get your receiver to catch seven passes in a game. So for a running back to do it, and he's had really good volume um, on the ground. He's only um, had less than ten carries in a game twice um, all year. So it's it's a matter of. Can he be a little bit of a more efficient runner? And that's not necessarily the knock on Mixon. I think it's the offensive line as well and that team as well. Well, they answered that this week. They didn't have Jamar Chase, which a lot of people say, oh, they were real quick to jump to conclusions after the Browns' loss, and maybe you know they have some points there. But, oh, the Cincinnati offense can't do without Jamar Chase. Well, they proceeded to score 42 points, and Joe Mixon averaged 7 yards per attempt, over 22 carries. Um so we're certainly seeing that the elite playmaking ability is there. It's just a matter of consistency. But I think the real plus for Scott is that that receiving production gives him uh, a great floor. What do you what do you make of Mixon, Jacob? Do you think maybe some more uh, highlight real like games like this past one are coming up, or do you think he's he's due to kind of fall back to where he was? I think he's due to fall back where he was, but he also. Um like he's a guy that could have these breakout games you know he's got the floor of 15 fantasy points pushing close to 20 but you know when he reaches the end zone it's he's he's a force to be reckoned with you know he's hit the end zone besides the five only three times this year so um you know you would hope that he could hit get in there a little better but um yeah, I, I think he falls back to earth. He's going to be sitting at his 15 points. You know, maybe he could get a two-touchdown game and, and kind of propel him up into, like, the close to 30 ranges. But, you know, it's a good player for Scott to have. Just sit there and trust him to get him uh, close to 20 points. So that's kind of where Mixon's at in my head. And I, I think it's that's warranted a late first-round pick there. You know, you hope you can get a, a stud there, but at least you're not getting somebody that's, you know— 
are already done on the year or, you know, especially, you know, we bring up Jonathan Taylor, you know, it, it, you definitely rather have uh, Mixon at this point. So, you know, uh, Scott got a good pick there and he's going to continue to ride him out uh, after uh, the spy week in, uh, that is coming up. Yeah, Mixon is definitely talented. We're going to take a look at a guy who who is not technically a rookie, um, unlike Ken Walker, but kind of is a rookie, and that's Travis Etienne. He did miss all of his rookie season um, with a foot injury. So, And this year he didn't start off um, with a lead role. You know, James Robinson was still heavily involved. That actually led to him being traded um, for Zay Jones. I believe Jacob, if memory serves me correctly, and that will certainly be... Uh, come yeah. awards season next year might be looked at for yeah. some kind mm-hmm. of notorious award, but um, they ended up making the move to make Etienne the t- the guy, and Robinson was traded, and they've been paid back in dividends. It's a little bit of a different story um, for Mixon. The pass catching volume, which is something that I think a lot of people expected Etienne to come into the league as as a very talented pass catching back, hasn't been great. Their production hasn't been great. It's been decent. Um, he's got his receptions, but he hasn't been able to turn it into a ton. Um, and I think that we might see that grow as the Jacksonville offense grows. But where he's been really efficient is just rushing the ball flat out. Um, over the last four weeks, three of those four games, he's averaged six yards or more per carry. You know, he's had three straight 100 rushing yard games. He's had three straight games with a touchdown on the ground. Um, Travis Etienne is the real deal. I haven't seen a ton of him because he does play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm still not there yet to where Jacksonville Jaguars is like, I need to sit down and watch them play football right now. Just not quite there yet. But what I can say when I do see him is that guy has incredible burst. He hits the hole and flies. You know, he, he let's say you're sitting on a first and 10. He grabs the ball. And as soon as he clears the tackle, it feels like he's already at the first down marker. He's got great burst. He's a smaller guy. They bill him at 5'10", 210, Jacob. I don't think that's humanly possible. Maybe I got bad eyes. I watched a lot of football. He looks like a 5'8 guy to me. He just <laughs> looks smaller than other players on the field. But he moves. You know, it kind of gives you – I didn't watch a ton of Barry Sanders, but Barry Sanders was known for being a smaller guy with the low center of gravity and able to bob in and out and show that burst. And I think Etienne can do something very similar to that. And – um Man, what a, what a trade. What do you make of it, Jacob? Yeah, you know, uh, he's kind of just come out and broken out. He, three t- uh, he's gotten a touchdown his past three games, and that's uh, what you're looking for in your, your running back position, you know, finding the end zone in those uh, goal line situations. I don't know really where he's getting those, but, you know, that boosts your stats there. That's quick six points there. If it's off a catch, that's even better, but he hasn't been able to do that this year. But, yeah, it, it's impressive, back-to-back 25-plus games, and I think he's just going to keep riding it out uh, to the end of the year. Um, it's, it was a great, um, you know, Nutter traded for him for the Zay Jones, and then Nutter was able to package him up to get uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, so, you know, ETN's going to be a solid player for uh, this season and for seasons on, so, you know, it's... It's a solid player for Aiden to just be able to slot into his lineup every week. Yeah, that is. It's exciting. Obviously, I was I was a year early last year with the Etienne pick. Um, the injury was a bummer. It's great to see that it's not slowing him down this year and that it seems like, you know, if this is a sign of things to come, he was worth that first-round pick that Jacksonville used on him. Um, so just one more player to talk about, Jacob, um, and this is, this is, in fact, a rookie. 
uh, and that is Ken Walker, obviously, on my team. So there's a bit of personal bias there. But I think there's a lot to like when you watch this guy play. When you look at the stats, he is a quintessential home run hitter. He just doesn't go down. Um, and that's really encouraging to see as a rookie. Um, you know, he also has an incredible nose for the end zone. He's found the end zone, Jacob, in five straight games, um, including a game where he came into the game against New Orleans when Rashad Penny left with injury, um, which was unfortunate because Rashad Penny was having a good season up to that point. And since then, he scored a touchdown in every single game, including that game where he had a a 60-yard touchdown in that game. And he's continued to do it. Um, He's an exciting player to watch. And it seems like basically they've handed over the backfield to him entirely. The pass catching was a knock on him coming out of the draft, and he hasn't been an exceptional pass catcher. Um, But I think that's something that probably Seattle would like to work on him with. So we'll see if he'll be able to maybe add that as a skill set because that can make him really a, a really special guy and get into maybe that kind of Travis Etienne production level or even talk about mixing with the floor that he has receiving. Uh, what do you think about Ken Walker, Jacob? Yeah, he's just kind of hit the ground running once he got that lead spot there. He's he's proven that, you know, he was one of the top uh, running backs to come out of this draft. And he's, uh, you know, what what did you draft him in, like the 10th round? Um, somewhere around that range. Uh, great pick for you. And, you know, he's going to be slotted into your, your lineup every week. And he's just a stud. He gets his carries and he he, uh, he eats – uh, that, that's really all you can say about him. He, he's a he's a great surprise for this year. You know, some people were uh, hoping that he could uh, do this this year, but I don't think they expected him to like hit the ground running like this once he got the lead role. So, hey, impressive pick by you, and you know, hopefully he can help you get into the playoffs. Yeah, that would be huge. I didn't I didn't expect it to happen. I believe he was the fourth running back I drafted. Just he was a rookie, so I take him. You know, that's the kind of thing that works out. You fell into a similar situation with Damian Pierce. He's a rookie. The situation worked out for him, and it's always uh, really fun to see when a rookie's able to take uh, advantage of a situation, because obviously it's so often that that, you know, poor performances by rookies really get highlighted and can often tank um, the future of that player, but that hasn't been the case this year. We've actually seen a lot of great production from rookies uh, across the board. So Jacob, you know, uh, along with those breakout games, we did have a couple of significant injuries this week that could plague some teams going forward. Chief among that would be Josh Allen for the Bills. I'm reading uh, the article here in ESPN. It says he's being evaluated for a UCL injury, which is an ulnar collateral ligament and whatever the hell. It's a right elbow injury, basically. I'm not a medical professional by any means. Um... But I don't see any timeline here. It doesn't seem like he's been written off for this week. But obviously, an injury to the throwing elbow is not great at all. Um, What's your first take on Josh Allen potentially having to miss some time with an an elbow injury? And I also, from what I read, this is actually the second injury to his elbow. He, He also had an injury to his elbow in his rookie season, which was the only other time that he missed any games in his career so far. Yeah, well, that's obviously concerning there, you know. Uh... But you know, Josh Allen's just a likable guy. You know, um, you 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 like to root for him. I, at least that's what I think. Uh, uh, he's a great fantasy quarterback. You know, Joe invested a lot of capital in into getting him so he could just slot him in, have the best quarterback uh, week in and week out. So it, it stinks for Joe there. You know, hopefully, you know, Josh Allen can be uh, can push through this injury and 
uh, continue to perform how he usually does, but uh, definitely going to be something to monitor. I, I, you know, they took a tough loss to the Jets this week, so we'll see how much it affects him. Uh, I didn't watch that game too closely, um, so I don't know how he was looking. I don't think he was playing that well. I think he made some bad throws, so uh, obviously probably affecting him if that happens, so um, we'll see if he can recover from it, but the Bills are going to be concerned about that moving forward because they have uh, big aspirations uh, going into the season. Yeah, and obviously Joe is also going to have an extreme concern with that. Allen's been a bona fide top quarterback, lived up to exactly where he was drafted. Um, just a really special player. I mean, wow. You're right. He wasn't having the greatest game against the Jets. Um, you know, just making a couple of mistakes, but he did make some great plays with his feet, um, which kind of obviously he did end up still being Joe's top scorer even with a couple of interceptions but um the other injury of note uh, I'm looking at here Jacob Aaron Jones the running back for Green Bay obviously the player on your team uh did leave the game against Detroit with an ankle injury um the x-rays he got were inconclusive he was spotted wearing a walking boot following the loss um man the Packers holy shit the loss to the Lions um he got an x-ray or uh, he got an MRI of his ankle and there, there doesn't appear to be any major damage so it seems like maybe they were just being precautionary without letting him turn, return to the game. So from what I read here, Jacob, it seems like he, he, he will have a shot to play against the Cowboys this week. What do you make of Aaron Jones' injury? Do you think even if he does play, it might you know perhaps hamper his production overall? Yeah, that's my concern going into it is that he's going to start and then I'm going to be feel, feel pressured to put him in and they're going to keep him in a limited role, let A.J. Dillon eat up a lot of the carries. Um but, you know, it's good that the, uh, there's no serious damage to it. Uh, so hopefully he could get back and kind of be who he is, uh, just eating up carries, finding the end zone. That's what I, I drafted him to kind of be on my team. So hopefully he could get back to that performance. But, yeah, definitely concerning uh, having one of your top guys go down like that, not be able to come back into into the game. But hopefully it's not super serious and I can uh, – ride it out with him as, as we get down to the end of the season. Well, Jacob, the good news is if you need anybody to talk to when you got a player who is healthy, or I mean is going to play in the game rather, and is not healthy, and you got to start him because you look like a dumbass if you don't, and he's going to get limited carries, you can just talk to me because that's kind of been the DeAndre Swift story in Detroit. Um, although, granted, his, his injury history has been pretty extensive in just three years of football. But um, it's never great to see a star player get banged up. It's certainly also not great to see them have to play at less than 100%. Um, hopefully, it sounds like it's mostly a promising report. And we'll have to watch the practice logs this week to see how Jones is feeling and ultimately what approach the Packers will take. I mean, because it is worth noting that the Packers are falling out of the playoff race very fast. Um, they're still second in the AFC North as I type them into Google. I'm looking for their actual record. I don't they're what what are they? They're three and six. So they're still competing. So it's not necessarily to the point where they're like, well, let's just let Aaron Jones rest because we're completely out of it, but my god, they've been completely awful. They've lost five games in a row, Jacob. Sheesh. So I would say if anything, they they need Jones to play if they have any hope of of getting back into the playoff hunt. Um it was certainly an interesting week across the NFL. I know that at a point here we will have to get uh, Aiden in and talk to him, but just briefly before we get to that point, just kind of an overrun of what happened in the NFL this week. You had the Eagles staying undefeated. They beat the Texans. Texans hung in that game for a long time. Damian Pierce ran the ball very, very well. 
People are saying maybe that's the weak spot for the Eagles, um, which would be interesting. You think about what teams could counter that. comes to mind maybe the Niners with McCaffrey now would be an interesting one. Seattle with Ken Walker could be an interesting matchup. Um, the Chargers edge out the Falcons, and, man, the Chargers just have not really hit their stride, played a bunch of close games against teams maybe they shouldn't have. The Dolphins hold on against the Bears in that great performance from Fields. The Bengals uh, just completely crush the Panthers behind Mixon's five touchdowns. Detroit Lions eke out a 15-9 win, pick off Rodgers three times. There was no Hail Mary in Detroit from Rodgers this year. Uh, it was all pretty negative, although they did almost come down at the end of the game because Rodgers always does and because Detroit couldn't put that game away. But uh, the Jaguars beat the Raiders 27-20. to The Raiders just continued to underperform. It's beginning to feel like um, I'm drawing a blank on the coach's name, Jacob. It is the former Patriots offense coordinator, Josh McDaniels. Might be a one-and-done kind of guy. Uh, the Patriots crushed the Colts 26-3. to uh, the Jets upset the Bills 20-17. to That defense plays really well. The Vikings still managed to win 20-17 to against the Commanders, even though they suck. Uh, the Seahawks beat the Cardinals 31-21. Cliff Kingsbury, he could be uh, on the uh, cutting line potentially this year. Don't know where he's going with that necessarily. Uh, Buccaneers. Brady hit 100,000 career passing yards and set the record for most fourth-quarter comebacks with 55. They beat the Rams because the Rams suck and they got no offense. Uh, the Chiefs beat the Titans in overtime. Despite the Titans leading for a large portion of that game, they just couldn't finish it off. Malik Willis struggled pretty handedly. Um, and on Monday Night Football, the Ravens took care of business against the New Orleans Saints with fresh addition Roquan Smith. Um, Jacob, any any comments on what happened this week in the NFL? A couple surprises, a couple of not surprises. Anything stand out? Yeah, I, this season's just so weird. You know, you, you think that there's good teams, but then they go up and get upset. Um, I don't know. It's just been a crazy year. Uh, you couldn't really predict what this was going to happen. You know, Eagles being undefeated, uh, um, Tampa Bay and the Rams being pretty dog shit, the Packers being dog shit. So, you know, it's cool to see some new faces in there, but we'll see how it goes moving forward. Yeah, I mean, there is something to say about the fact that the NFL being harder to predict in certain regards makes it more fun. I don't think anybody would say a 16-13 to Buccaneers-Rams game is good for the NFL. I think that's actually pretty bad. But, you know, for the most part, we had, I'm looking just off the top of my head, four, wait, let me count here. There's one game, Chiefs-Titans 20-17, to Jets-Bills 20-17, to Chargers-Falcons 20-17, to Vikings Commanders 20 to 17 four games uh, with the exact obviously if you know the term score agami refers to a unique score this week was far from it at least in that regard although I don't know maybe one of these was score agami I'm not sure but four games ending 20 to 17 not a ton of shootouts um, in the traditional sense the Dolphins and the Bears came closest which is interesting you wouldn't necessarily especially talk about that prior to the season starting but uh, even in, in the season you wouldn't expect the Bears to necessarily put up that many points but we have seen that the dolphins are fully capable um but yeah all in all it was another solid week of action um but as i mentioned previously we do have aiden coming on to to talk about where he's at in this season and um yeah jacob you want to bring him on yeah let's bring him on All right, boys. Unfortunately, this is uh, Johnny from editing. I have to come and deliver you guys the unfortunate news that um, 
the audio for the interview is not going to be able to be used. Um, there were some technical di- technical difficulties, excuse me, um, on packaging up that interview. So um, a bit of a bummer. Um, we did have a nice chat with Aiden. Uh, hopefully, at some point, we can either have him back on the podcast or somehow um, try and work out what happened with the te- technical difficulties that we faced. But um, with that being said, I'm going to just throw this to the rest of the episode. So you're just going to hear Jacob and I um, basically wrapping up the interview we had with Aiden and then getting on to the power rankings. Again, my apologies. Just uh, this is the best we can do for now. All right, boys. Well, once again, we just want to thank Aiden for coming on. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to him as always. Uh, Jacob, that only leaves us with one thing left to do to wrap up this week nine breakdown, and that is talk about this week's power rankings. Hopefully they are a little more tame than last week's wild and rowdy power rankings. Why don't you get us started off with number 12? Coming in at number 12, it's Nutter. Nutter has had a disappointing season, and he's sitting at 12. Who's at 11? At 11, it's another guy who's fell on tough times. Bryce was only able to put up 83.1 points this week. He had the largest losing margin for the week. Bryce takes number 11. Who's number 10? Coming in at number 10, he can't really separate himself from the bottom of the pack, but he's got a solid team. It's Caden. Who's at number 9? At number 9, it is Aiden. Aiden ran away with the game on Monday Night Football, and he jumps all the way up from the number 12 spot to sit comfortably at number 9. Who's at number 8? Coming at number eight, it's you. You took a tough loss, but you know your team's still looking good, and you're still firmly in that playoff mix. Who's at number seven? At number seven, it is going to be Jack. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Three straight losses is enough to drop Jack to number seven. Who's the number six? Coming at number six, who was the hottest guy in the league, but he's taken two tough losses. It's Stino. Stino's sitting at six. Who's at number five? At number five, it's going to be Joe. Joe's sitting there real solid at four and five. Hopefully the injury to Josh Allen is nothing serious. If it isn't, he should continue to probably move up this board. Who's at number four? Coming in at number four, it's Brian. Brian uh, got a a nice win late uh, Monday night and uh, has pushed his team into a playoff spot. Who's at number three? At number three, it's going to be Jake. Jake's taken a couple of tough losses, ran into guys who scored a good bit of points, but he's still rewarded with the number three spot for his solid performances. Who's the number two? Coming in at number two, it's myself. Bet the best record in the league, but still couldn't uh, eclipse that number one spot. Who is number one? At number one, it's got to be it's the hottest team in the league. It's Scott. He's been throwing points up on the board like a madman. A couple of the highest scores last week. Um, very impressive all around. Scott takes number one for this week's power rankings. Jacob, any final thoughts before we wrap this episode up and say our goodbyes? Uh, not really. It was a fun episode, and I hope to uh, keep on my win streak here and kind of firmly cement my playoff spot. Um, what are you looking forward to uh, for the rest of the season? Well, you know, I'm glad that this week isn't isn't a matchup at the co-host, Jacob. It means that next week we can both sit down as winners, and that's always a great vibes podcast whenever we both oh, sit yeah. down with a win. doesn't happen often, but actually it's statistically impossible to happen when we play each other, so it's great that that's in our rear view for the time being at least. Um, you know, Thursday is a real barn burner. It's the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. To be fair, 
The last game they played was a barn burner. Featured DJ Moore catching a Hail Mary pass, then proceeding to throw his helmet off, which got a 15-yard penalty, and then he missed the kick. The kicker did, not DJ Moore. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Wouldn't have been good if they sent DJ Moore out. And then the kicker, Eddie Pinero, that's how you pronounce his name, got roasted because people had video of him taking selfies on the field before the game. He looked like an idiot. Uh, he missed a couple of kicks, lost that game. DJ Moore didn't help, but he also did help. He's the hero and the villain at the same time. But, uh, yeah, that'll be fun to watch. Make sure you boys get your lineup set. Uh, if you got any, hopefully you don't have too many players riding on that game because both Carolina and Atlanta kind of suck. So hopefully you're you're more so leaning. We also got a London game this week, 930, Tampa, and Seattle. So make sure you get those players in early. No excuses if you are not able to get your lineup set. Um, but, yeah, Jacob, thanks once again for joining me. Thanks to Aiden for coming on uh, and talking with us this week, and we will see you next week, boys.